You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at treyerwilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Treyer. Hey everyone, welcome to Mountain Woman Radio. I'm so glad to have you joining me today. We actually got a little bit of sunshine here in northern Idaho, and I have to tell you, I am so excited. I am such a sunshine girl and it has been very drab out here. We've gotten a little bit of snow, but as soon as the snow comes, the rain come, has come and melted it all away. So, And I know the weather across the country has been really bizarre. It's warm, it's cold, it's warm, it's cold. So don't really know what to expect these days, but at least we're warm and we have plenty of food and God is good. So I am excited today. I have a very wonderful guest, somebody that I've been working with for quite a long time, and this is the first I've had the privilege to actually speak with him, uh, but he has amazing things that he and his family are doing, and without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Tommy Alderman, and you can find him at aldermanfarms.net. Tommy, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. It is wonderful to have you. Like I said, we've been working for such a long time together, but this is the first we've had the opportunity to chat, and I'm very anxious for you to share your story with my audience. So I'll just open the floor to you if you would like to share how you guys got started and your story. Okay, glad to do it. Uh, First, let me tell you about a saying we have here in Mississippi. If you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's it's been nuts. I mean, it's been, we've had temperatures in the 30s followed by days in the 70s, and it just can't make its mind up. But (laughs) um, we're kind of of glad about the unseasonally warm weather at the moment because we were late getting some cover crop planted in the garden and hopefully the warm weather will let it sprout but nice so it's anyway, your, it's your um, fault huh then <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, that's right so so patty patty and i both um i've already given away that we live in in brookhaven mississippi um but patty and i both grew up in louisiana in a little little town called baker louisiana just just north of the capital city of baton rouge okay. um my parents are from Mississippi and moved down there shortly after World War II. Um, Patty's family goes back a couple of generations in Louisiana. And uh, about, and we were just a typical suburban family. We bought everything we ate at the grocery store um, until I, I think it was sometime around 1996 was when uh, a gallon of milk hit $4 for the first time. Uh, where we were living, and my wife said, I don't think so. She said, <laughs> you know, if if milk is going to cost me $4 a gallon, it's going to be worth drinking. And so <laughs> she said, "She said we're going to get dairy goats. And I said, okay. And we had two and a half acres, so and we lived in an area where it was permissible. Okay. 
and um, it, it's a I, I won't I won't share the story about getting our first goat because uh, it'll take too long. But <laughs> maybe another time. It's okay. kind of funny, but um, so we did that, and we fell in love with um, the idea of providing our own milk. And I love this little anecdote. We had four we have four children, and at that time they were all um, fairly young, okay. and so we drank. No store-bought milk for a year, nothing but the goat milk from our own goats. And for the last 10 months of that, with four kids in our house, we didn't have a single runny nose. Yep. And that caught our attention. Yep. And we said, you know, that taught us two things. Number one, that a lot of what we call a cold is probably allergy-related. Mm. Um, and number two, we learned that just like uh, local... Uh, Honey from a local beehive will help you with an allergies with yep. your allergies. Yep. Uh, so does fresh goat milk because, and it makes sense because goats make their milk out of the same things that bees make honey out of. Very true. And uh, yeah. yeah, so we went from there to we we added chickens. Um, you know, we were kind of we were kind of backwards because normally chickens are the gateway <laughs> drug, right? Right. <laughs> Everybody, you, you start with chickens and then, but we didn't. It was backwards for us and. Um, so then, due to circumstances, uh, we decided it would probably be best to uh, relocate, to move our children to a better environment, um, to grow, to raise them. And my, as a police, I was a police officer at the time. On a policeman's salary, our options were limited mm-hmm. as far as where we could relocate. And uh, to make a long story short, we moved to the old family place. Yeah here in Brookhaven, Mississippi, and moved on to 116 acres of land that nobody ever bought. Wow. Yeah, I've been in the family for 150-something years, I guess. Wow. And um, we're a tremendous blessing. And so we brought the goats and brought the chickens. And um, that was in in the year 2000. Okay. And up until really just a few years ago... um, we we had added a, a Jersey cow for, um, but everything we added, everything we did was for our, our own family's benefit. Um, with, with with a bigger place, we were able to expand our gardening efforts, um, and so. But then a funny thing happened, um, you know, five or six years ago, I guess, was when we we started running into people who were interested in what we were doing. Right. And, um, oh, you have goats, do you sell the milk and this and that? And you have chickens, do you sell the eggs? And we started running into people who were like-minded in the sense that they cared about where their food came from. They cared about um, that they wanted to eat things that uh, they didn't mind eating animals, but they wanted to know that those animals lived well right. and uh, were treated with kindness and um they wanted to know they weren't pumped full of antibiotics and and all of that sort of thing, and they wanted to know that their vegetables weren't bathed in uh, chemicals and, and whatnot, and which is the way we had been doing things. And so, you know, along about about that time, we said, well, you know, maybe maybe we should expand our operation a little and um, and offer these things. So Patty got involved with the uh, the local farmers market. And one thing led to another. I mean, we're still not a booming enterprise. In fact, I was at a meeting last night 
with a group of farmers, and I was asked to um, to introduce myself. And, and part of my introduction, I said, you know, I don't know how many farmers say this, but we've been starting now for about six years. <laughs> you know, we, we still, you know, it still feels funny to say that we're farming, you know, because we're still developing cha- marketing channels and yep. and all of that. And so, you know, we, we feel like we're close, but then we've added American guinea hogs and um, we, we sell meat chickens and, and so forth and so on. But nice. uh, that's kind of where we are now. We're, we're just developing customer bases and we're selling a little here and there and um, developing um, the guinea hog herd so that we have enough quantity to, to meet an ongoing supply and, wow. and things of that nature. So that, that's kind of how we got here and where we are. Well, that is just awesome. And to live on a farm that's been in the family that long is just so awesome. You know, talk about going back to your roots. You really did go back to your roots. And to be able to have that heritage and and just the excitement of knowing that your, your, you know, your family was there before you, doing the same thing, maybe in just different fashions. That's right. It is, you know, the, now the property that, that we have, the, <clears throat> the Alderman Place, originally was an entire section of 640 acres. And over time, you know, in generations, um, part of it belongs now to people that I don't know, but I guess they're still distant relatives. But between my first cousins and I that I know well, we still control about 400 of it. And uh, it's it's all contiguous. And it's mostly timber. You know, back in the day, there was a time when it was mostly pasture. Um, But... You know, once that went away, and the, the trees grew over the generations, and so it's mostly timber. Okay. And uh, which is not bad because that's where deer like to be. And, yes. Uh, and, and pigs like it too, you know, because we we raise our pigs uh, like everything else, like God intended them to live, and they God didn't intend pigs to live on concrete. Exactly. And so, exactly. you know, our pigs don't have rings in their noses. We we uh, love. Um, what Joel Salatin has to say, you know, we respect the pigness of the pig. And, <laughs> yep. um, and, yep. and they're my they're my favorite critters ever, you know, but uh, they love it in the woods, and uh, they find all kind of tasty treats. I was going to say, there's a lot to forage back east, especially because you have all the nut-bearing trees, uh, where we have more of the cone-bearing trees out here. So that's just awesome. And to be able to utilize your resources like that cuts back and cuts down on your um, expenses as well. And I thought it was neat that you mentioned about the goats. That's such a good point because having the animals like that, like we had goats as well, and the goat's milk was a great thing for my son because he can't have cow's milk due to autism. And but the goat's milk has different milk fats, so it was something that he was able right. to have. And they were just such neat creatures too. And to be and I never really I've thought about it with the bees. We use our honey, you know, very medicinally, and I put a lot of my medicinal plants out there right in front of my beehives. But I never considered that with the goat's milk. But that's so true and such a good point. It, and all those things that God has given us enables us to. Um, you know, be healthy because everything that, you know, he provided around us is to help us survive and be healthy and nurture and eat. And it's just amazing. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the old adage that God, God has been God for a long time and he's good at it. And and he, (laughs) and he knows what he knows what he's doing. And 
listen, I'll be the first to recognize that, that God, when God created man, he made him an intelligent being, and he gave him the ability to reason, and and mankind throughout our history, um, with that giftedness from God, even though some might not acknowledge that's where it came from, have accomplished some, some amazing things. Yep. But one of the downfalls is that we sometimes outsmart ourselves yep. and in, a, in an attempt to, to whether or not it's, um, what am I trying to say, a conscious effort or not to right. improve on, on God's original plan, right. and it usually goes awry. Right. And so, right. you know, the example I've already alluded to, the commercial operation of pigs, you know, well, we can produce more pigs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, right. but what are you producing, you right. know, and... Um, and what kind of life do they have, you know? And I, I guarantee you, my guinea hogs taste better than uh, by by exponentially so um, than a typical commercial hog. That's you know one of the biggest lies of the 20th century: pork, the other white meat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pork is not supposed to be white, boys and girls. No. <laughs> it's not supposed to be white, you know, and so they genetically uh, bred these critters to get rid of their fat, and oh, yes. anyway, don't get me started on that. But, I know, and, um, and likewise, it's a very big bone of contention for us as well, because it's just not healthy, and... We've been discussing that a lot. We have um, Rhonda and her husband, uh, Jason, from the Farmer's Lamp staying here with us. And we have gone completely um, off of processed foods. But when you sneak in those favorite things here and there and you go away from making your from-scratch foods, it's you've got to be so careful because everything has GMOs in it. And... Once you've gone off of it and you go back, you know, and you go back and you have something, you just so pay the price. And they have been completely non-GMO. We have been almost non-GMO. And now we're really paying a great deal of attention to that because of how much they pay the price. But we're realizing that some of the things we were um, looking at and dealing with were actually due to the GMOs. Because we've eliminated so many, when you have just... Something something as simple as a salad dressing that has poor oil in it, you suffer. You suffer so much. So to think about the meats to that extent, you know, and what they're doing with all of our food and so many people with their head in the sand, it's just so, so frustrating. <laughs> oh, sure. And and listen, the uh, Patty, um, a few months ago, was diagnosed with Graves' disease. Oh, okay. And uh, your, listener, your listeners can Google that. And uh uh, she's fine now. She's she's uh, she's actually astounded the doctors because it's one of those things that when you have it, you have it. And uh, but all of her numbers have returned to normal because wow. she listened. You know, she studied all the things that can affect that. It has to do with your thyroid and yep. uh, and one of the one of the many things that she eliminated from her diet was gluten. Yeah, and um, and and it 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 seemed seemed to help. And so um, I decided to eliminate. Not as not as rigidly as she did, but you know, make common sense adjustments and yep. eliminate it as much as I could from my diet. And so I've been, uh, you know, I would say ninety percent gluten free uh, for a little while now. And yesterday I was at a lunch meeting and mm-hmm. we had sandwiches. Yep. And and I, I ate two little small sandwiches. 
Yeah. And I feel like crumbling today. Yeah. I, feel, I am dragging the ground today. And I know some listeners may be thinking, oh, you're making that up. But, no. but you're no. just exactly right. The cleaner you get, yeah. the more sensitive you become, I think. Oh, to, yes. Uh, yes. If you if you happen to ingest some of whatever you're cleansed from, and and I feel it, I, yeah. I, 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 it was hard to get out of bed this morning. It's I, really strange. I believe it. You get your stomach, but then you get your joints get achy, and even in your head, you don't feel right sometimes. And it is it is really, you know, and people people think we're nuts, but until they do that, they won't understand. But my husband has yeah. been, you know, he has his favorite foods, like just as an example, ranch dressing. But he started realizing, and granted, he was a bull rider for 11 years professionally, so his joints and, and, and everything are, are going to be sore. But he, he really started realizing how much his foods were bothering him because my son and I have been on the gluten-free and, and dairy-free diet for a long time and really, really have to be careful with what we're eating. So we've eliminated a lot where he was a little bit uh, slower in eliminating things, but he's starting to see it. And they, they had gone out this weekend. A bunch of the guys had gone out and they stopped to eat somewhere and fast food. Oh my word. Fast food is just horrible, but they went somewhere that there was a little bit more of a prepared food, but even so they came back, you know, just depending on what's being used in, in the, in the processing and cooking of the food, can really really get you but they all were suffering from their stomachs and getting up the next day too so it's it's crazy but it's an awesome thing to see and to start realizing and recognizing and knowing that you can make a difference and and that's of course why you and I are doing what we're doing and trying to educate people and and share and you especially with uh, making you know raising the meats and and making the effort to pass that on to your local area that's just phenomenal well you know we we do what we can, and yeah. it's just it, it's and luckily for us, and um, the you know it requires money to do things. Yeah. I mean that's just that's just the way that it is. Right. But the good news is there are those people that I mentioned minutes ago that we would run into and say, <laughs> "Hey, we want some of that. Do you sell this or whatever?" Right. Um, there's a there's an interesting thing. Um, phenomenon that's taking place that the numbers of people who care about what they eat are growing right but those people have one thing in common it seems they have money uh, yes. um you know these these are people and they're willing to pay um premium prices for products right um uh, let me share this quick story last year was the first year that we raised a, a batch of meat birds and it was a big batch for us um not for people who do it all the time. We raised, I think, 57 of them. Okay. And um, some for us, but we also sold as many as we could. And um, to make a long story short, we were going to charge by the pound, but we hadn't settled on a scale. And if you've never went shopping for a digital scale that can be certified, it's a, it can be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like 1.6 billion <laughs> different manufacturers and models, you know. <laughs> and so we hadn't settled on one yet. So we just decided... And quite frankly, it was a horrible business decision. We just randomly picked a number and said, we'll sell them for $12 each. Okay. Um, now I, and so, and again, keep in mind, we're in Mississippi, so, you know, yeah. numbers may not make sense to people where, uh, depending on where they're listening. Right. But um, we sold all we wanted to sell. You know, we sold like half of them with one Facebook post. Wow. And so, but then by the time we got through, we had made no money. We broke even. Wow, yeah, and it was too much. It was it was too much money, too much work to break even. Right. 
So we started crunching the numbers, and Patty was like, you know, we really needed to charge at least 16 apiece. She went back to every one of her customers who had bought birds from us at 12 apiece and asked them, had we charged 16, would you still have bought them? All but one said yes. Yeah, yeah. There was one of the one of the ladies bought eight birds at twelve dollars each. Wow. This year we re, we did it again. This year charged sixteen dollars. Actually, we charged the per pound because we found a scale. Okay. But it, so they were all they were all around sixteen dollars, a little more, a little less. Okay. The lady that bought eight of them at twelve bought ten of them at sixteen. Yeah. Yes. You know, so without batting an eye. Yeah, and uh, which I'll tell you is one of our biggest hurdles because we we tend to price things based on what we would be willing to pay. Right, right. <laughs> you right. know, in in the store, <laughs> so we we it's hard for us to really value what we have to offer as you know correctly right. uh, as as much as it should be valued. Right. Um, but the other so, people are valuing them because they don't have other choices. You know, you have right. the benefit of having your farm and the acreage and the location to do this where many people don't, but they don't have other options depending on where they're located. So, it, you know, we still need you, fo- you know, folks like yourself who are, are doing this because those are some of our best options. And keeping it small and keeping it ma and pa is, the, in my opinion, the way to go. I mean, that's how things have been done for ages and and then once you taste those birds, that's why that woman purchased ten versus the original eight yeah. because the taste of something homegrown that has no GMOs. For one, you don't have the sickness that comes along with eating it, and second, it is something to savor. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. And and I'll tell you two quick little lessons we that were passed on to us. Two quick little sayings. That sure. Actually, the guy at our, at our local feed store. Uh, he said, Mr. Tommy, when I was in college, I took a marketing class, and I remember two things. And those two things were, were they're simple but fairly profound, and they really helped us get over the hump on pricing those chickens. And the first one was this. He said, if you're selling a product that is around 20 bucks or less, right. he said, you don't price it based on what you think somebody would pay. You base it priced on a $20 bill. He said, because, and I know this is true with me, and I bet it, it may not be true for women, but it's true for men. Ask your husband. Okay. <laughs> if he sees something that he wants and he has a $20 bill in his hand, he don't care whether the guy charges him $14 and hands him six back or if he charges him $17 and hands him three back. He don't care if he gives him that 20 and gets nothing but the thing he's looking for. <laughs> you know, I, right. I hope, and that's, I know that's the way I am. If yeah. I've got a $20 bill in my hand, I'm willing to give that 20 yeah, and so that was rule number one: base it on the price of a twenty on a twenty dollar bill rather than undervaluing it. Right. But here's the second one that really just hit me between the eyes, and that was: you, if you're selling a product and you think you may be selling it for too too little, you can double the price of that thing, lose half of your customers, and still make the same amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. The, the, the advice is not to double it necessarily, no. but the point is everybody's afraid. That's 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 to address the fear. Uh, yeah. Well, if I go up by a dollar, somebody's not going to buy it right. anymore. Right. And and but the point is you could you could double it and lose half your customers and still make the same. So yes. um, that's what we did. We went from twelve to sixteen. We didn't double it. No. And we didn't lose anybody. Even the person who who said they wouldn't buy it bought some. Yep. <laughs> you know? So, yep. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, it's a lesson. I feel like I'm kind of getting off at a left field now. But. No, not at all. Though that's a good lesson learned because so many of us do do the same thing. Even with you know the things that we manufacture out here. With my husband being a blacksmith, the same thing applies. You know, it's it's right. putting a value on the things that you are either growing or making. You know, it is. It's it's. It's almost like a humbling experience because, you know, we know what goes into it, but are people willing to pay that price? But when you see what the other options are out there, you know, I would much rather myself pay more money for good food than to give my family the, the other option, you know. So I, I totally right. get what you're saying, and that is a good lesson for all of us to listen to because we all tend to cut ourselves short sometimes when it comes to those particular things. I can, we can relate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Yes. But that's just uh, such awesome stuff. And I, I would, I would love to have pigs out here. Are your pigs, they, they free range and are they, do you, uh, you have them fenced in, in areas on the farm or how do you, how do you have them set up? Yeah. Yes, well, we eventually would love to have the entire perimeter fenced, um, but, you know, that costs more than a nickel, and so uh, we, we we add fence when we can. And so we probably, uh, um, of our 116 total acres, we probably have about eight acres, give or take, under fence okay. in several different connected areas. Okay. And um, so the pigs right now, they... They we're not rotating per se yet, but uh, we eventually will. We'll develop paddocks where we can segregate mamas and babies and yep. young males and so forth and so on. But right now they kind of all run mostly together, okay. and they have a choice between woodlot and uh, and pasture. Okay. And the the great thing about hogs, and I'm I'm going to restrain myself <laughs> talking about guinea hogs because that. That could be a whole two-hour conversation. <laughs> I am absolutely in love with these pigs. <laughs> but one of the many one of the many reasons we chose them, uh, aside from the fact that they're a heritage animal, is that they are such efficient foragers that when when everything is green, mm-hmm. uh, you you really don't have to feed them. Wow. Um, they they they're very slow growing, so they're not gonna. You know, you're not gonna get a guinea hog to 250 pounds in six months. It takes every bit of two years to get a guinea hog to 200 pounds. Okay. Um, but it's just the way God made them. And, mm-hmm. and they can sustain themselves and not just sustain themselves, thrive. I mean, they will, it's the funniest thing. If they're out eating all day long, when they come waddling back up toward the barn, <laughs> that, that's what they do. They come waddling back up and it's almost like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so they don't just, sustain themselves they thrive on on foraging awesome and um we went through a drought for a few months here this year and i I had to feed them more than than i wanted to um you know just because i started to notice the little change in their body conditions and we always feed them a little just because we want them to know hey here comes that guy with that can and it's got some good stuff in it you know and (laughs) yeah wanted to keep them coming but there's some of our uh, some of our favorite YouTube stars. I haven't even mentioned anything about our uh, uh, about YouTube, but you know, I've got a whole playlist of nothing but American guinea hogs on on our YouTube channel, and uh, people just love to watch them. And 
uh, and look at them. So I'm going to have to go check them out. I haven't. I would like to have them out here, but it's something that we haven't researched just because there's been so much going on, and it would be something down the road anyway. But I do have one question. Do you know if they are um, a, a variety that would sustain the cold? Yes, as far as I know. In fact, there is a... Um, uh, I've just drawn a blank with her name, Ari McFarlane, I think, of okay. Maverick Ranch. Okay. I believe that they just, I think they just relocated to Alabama, but if I'm not mistaken, she had been in one of the Dakotas. Oh, wow. And okay. um, and she is a she is a an amazing woman who's done lots with heritage breeds, not just American guinea hogs, but she raised them for years. And, oh, cool. and I'm... Gosh, I could be wrong about that, but something tells me she was in one of the Dakotas. Wow, I'll have to check but that yeah, out. yeah, as far as I know. Because I, I would love to do that. Now, do you guys smoke your meats there also? Do you do any of that? Not here. Okay. Um, you, you've uncovered one of my pet <laughs> peeves. Well, not a pet peeve, but one of the problems we face in Mississippi. Okay. In, uh, in order to sell our pork uh, in retail packages, you know, okay. with... Uh, cuts of meat okay. it has to be slaughtered in uh, at a, a a site at a, at a processing facility where there is a mississippi state inspector on site okay and there's on there's one in mississippi and it's two and a half hours north of here okay and so you know now i can sell a live pig to somebody and they can you know i can take it and drop it off to whatever processor they want me to okay but if in order to sell processed Pork. pork. It has to be slaughtered yeah. there at a towel of frozen meats. And so I hate that because our pigs live such a stress-free life right. until the last two and a half hours of their life. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah. Then they have to get they have to get in a trailer and ride in a trailer, which I'm sure terrifies them, right. you know. And right. uh, so there are movements afoot within the state that hopefully within, you know, within my lifetime we'll have some other processing options. But as it is, that that so we can't do any on-site processing we yeah. can poultry okay um there's a i don't remember what the limit is now it used to be like a thousand birds a year okay and that would include all forms of poultry okay as a total okay and it was expanded a number of years ago but i don't know but we'll never get i, I don't i'm not gonna say never but <laughs> i can't imagine us ever ever processing a thousand birds because it's not our sole thing you know right. we, we do lots of Right. We're, we're, we we believe that a, we believe a healthy farm is a diverse farm. Yep. And, uh, yep. And it gives you a lot of so, variety there by doing it that way, which is just phenomenal. And and like you mentioned, we didn't get a chance to talk about your YouTube channel. Why don't you share the different places where my audience can find you? Because um, Tommy's YouTube channel is awesome. You have to check it out for sure. And that is youtube.com slash Alderman Farms. And again, you will be able to find all of Tommy's links and locations in the show notes. But go ahead and share where, where they can find you, Tommy. It's very easy to find us because we're Alderman Farms everywhere. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we are uh, facebook.com slash Alderman Farms, Twitter at Alderman Farms, Instagram at Alderman Farms, okay. Pinterest at Alderman Farms. And as you mentioned, YouTube Alderman Farms. There now there is another Alderman Farms, and I, and I love it. That and I don't I don't know who these people are. Obviously, they're they're related to us somehow, <laughs> far back down the line. But there's a, an organic vegetable grower in um, 
how, how neat is that in, in Florida? Okay. And okay. Uh, so some sometimes I get some of their email okay. <laughs> occasionally because I think that I think they're aldermanfarms.com, I believe. Yes. But yeah. we are aldermanfarms.net. Yes. And and again, all of our social platforms are is it's Alderman Farms with no space, just Alderman Farms run together, and they can find us. Okay, awesome, and that is A L D E R M A N Farms, and um, that's correct. And Tommy, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, this information, and you've got so much going on 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 the homestead there, and so much information available on your website and, and especially the YouTube channel. I've really enjoyed that and, and watching you grow there. And and I know your children have had a good time in their environment on the homestead, just following some of the posts you've put out there, too, with the boys in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tomas, our grandson, he loves it at the farm, and we're, we're, we're turning him into a little farm boy. Awesome. He's, awesome. That's got to feel so good. He's the light of our life. Oh, awesome. And that's got to feel so good. You know, you're you're handing it down to another generation. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. we are that's, run- that's the plan. Good. Good deal. Well, we we're running out of time, but if you wanted to, I'll put you on the spot here. If you wanted to share some um, encouraging words of advice for my audience, I would so appreciate it. Well, I would just say that, uh, you know, when, when you become convinced um, that, that you know the right thing to do. Um, I, I'm I'm reluctant to say trust your heart because the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. <laughs> so, but you know, with with God's guidance and and yes. through the uh, the counsel of uh, you know wise friends that you have, if you become convinced something's right, um, then don't pay attention to the naysayers. Um, you know, trust that counsel, trust the wisdom that you glean from Scripture and. Um, and, and something, and my final word would be the thing that I mentioned earlier. God knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and so if you're raising animals, raise them in a way to let them express the character that God placed in them. Yeah. And they'll be happier, you'll be happier, and the products that they will provide for you will far exceed those um, of what you'll find in more conventional farming activities. That is astounding advice that is so awesome and that is so true across the board you know and and i am a true believer that when you put god first in your family everything else follows suit and and when you look for him for guidance instead of rushing ahead of things because often when we rush ahead of things and ahead of him you know it's not it's not a pleasant ride so we have learned to step back and let him lead the way and pause when necessary. But it's, that's such great, great advice. And Tommy, I so appreciate you joining me today and I look forward to having you back on when you continue to add more to your homestead and, um, have other doors opening. Cause I know they will, you've got a great thing going on there. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate you having me. And look, if you get to looking into Guinea hogs, then call me and we'll do a whole show on guinea hogs. That would be awesome. I would love to do that. Let's plan on that. Let's plan on that because I would love that. I am not educated on hogs. It's not something we raised as growing up and as kids. So I would, I would, we have friends that do it, but I would love to do that. We will plan that and get that scheduled for the new year sometime. But again, thank you. Awesome. And again, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for taking the time to listen. And until our next show, you guys take care and God bless. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. 
We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at TreyerWilderness.com. And be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you.